Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Hi, and welcome to Shrink Think. This is our podcast that explores the human experience from two therapists' perspective. We use a little humor and a lot of compassion to help you understand yourself and learn new ways of being. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Shrink Think Podcast. We are excited again today to follow up on the last episode that was talking about relationships that respect out of fear. And today we're going to talk about relationships that respect out of love. All of us want to connect and get what we want in relationships. We want our needs met and we want to be happy. If you listen to this episode, we're going to show you a more successful way than the last episode, which was not a great way of going about it. But it's a way that a lot of us, I think, you know, it's very natural because we all have some fear and that can seep into the way we do things. And that makes a lot of sense. So we don't want to shame you about that. We just want you to become aware of it so that you can do something about it. And today we're going to talk about the other side of that, which is relationships where there's respect that operates out of a desire to connect, but you go about it in a way that actually is connective, that's not really rooted in fear. So we want you to listen to gain a better understanding about why you or others have good relationships. Maybe you see other people and you're like, man, why do they have a good relationship? What are they doing that I'm not? Maybe also you want to learn new ways of connecting with others that doesn't lead to so much conflict. Um, Maybe it's just kind of a way of mitigating some of the conflict or the disconnection that you have in your own relationships. So this episode will help you with that. You'll learn the value of freedom and honesty in relationships and really, I think, the importance of those in building trust and safety in relationships. So today we're going to talk about what is respect in relationships that operates from love. Like, what are some like, characteristics of that? We'll look at what it looks like in peer relationships, like with friends and spouses, like we did in the last episode. What it looks like in authority relationships, parenting, or like at, at work. And then how to cultivate and protect these kinds of relationships. Because they're so important, they really need protecting. So, let's jump in. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about our little friend on the deserted island, if he's still there, he gets to almost get love today from a distance. We swear, we call the authorities, they're looking for you right now. It's a wide area out there in the Atlantic Ocean, but we'll find you. But you still do have time to comment on the show. <laughs> and leave us a review. That's right. Stay connected. Hey. That needs to be a jingle. I can have a little... Yeah, it doesn't need to be a jingle. A bunch of you just got cringed. Sorry about that. Um, so... The thing that, that just jumping right in that we get from, from people who respect us uh, and we have a love relationship with them and that's why they respect us um, because we love them. We get the same voluntary, well, we get the same compliance uh, and obedience, but it's voluntary. We don't have to make it happen. And we get the heart that we're hoping to get, which is, if you remember last time with the fear-based is we get the behavior. With this, what, we're got, what you're trying to govern for, I think, you know, most all of us are trying to get a certain kind of heart, a certain kind of, we're trying to help a certain kind of um, person to be with us. And then if it's a, a child, you're, you really want them to 
have a certain kind of heart and, and just and be kind and that kind of thing. And you can get that as you govern with love. And instead of avoiding us, they desire to be around us. They just want to be around. They want to hang out. They want to do stuff. And um, for some of you, that can be annoying. You're like, <laughs> then you're like, remember the governing by fear? Maybe I should actually do that. No, no, you when, shouldn't. When you need some alone time, that's when you can just pull up the fear and start whipping people with it. Right. Yeah. Remember, it is a tool, um, but don't be a tool and use it. Okay. So the other thing it does is, is uh, it, it creates a cultivation of trust in authority. So if you look at this from a growth standpoint over the period of time, and this, I want to set this up and I'll cue Aaron with this. <laughs> so think of a child growing up. Okay. So th- this child's growing up. And what they learn is that you love them and that you're governing that way. And then what happens is, is that you get this voluntary compliance and obedience. Um, And you're like, these children don't exist. But um, actually, for the most part, we're talking about for the most part here. And then you get the heart that you're hoping to get. Then they desire to be around you and they're more open. What you're doing is cultivating this trust in authority because you are their authority. And then they have this openness to connect with their fellow man. They feel open to connect. And they also have a willingness to hold and respect their own boundaries and to respect other people's boundaries. And they kind of have a trusting nature. And that's because that they believe that the truth is solid and something to be held in high regard. So if you can just kind of see the process over time as they grow up, that the currency that they're using is love, it's not fear. Yeah, that reminds me, there was this quote in the movie Robin Hood that I believe Russell Crowe was in it. It came out like 2010 or so, uh, maybe a little bit before then. I mean, there's been a lot of those movies, the Robin Hood ones, but it was the one with Russell Crowe. And there's a moment in the movie, a scene where he says something along the lines of the people don't want a king that controls them because essentially, I think it was King George that was like taxing them and forcing compliance and basically ruling from fear and greed, really. But he said, they don't want a king that controls them. They want a leader that they love. And that was, he was kind of referencing himself or a figure like him. Because people, I think, ultimately do want somebody to follow. They want somebody who is safe and trustworthy and kind, somebody who looks out for them, will protect them, somebody who knows them and cares about them. And if you're that kind of a person, then people will more voluntarily do whatever you want them to do, not in a controlling or an obedience way, but in a, I just genuinely care about you and I like being cared about from you and I want to do whatever it is you want me to do because I, because I love you. And that's really interesting because, you know, from the fear standpoint, from the last episode, we're looking at compliance or obedience, looking for a specific behavior or outcome from the other person. That tends to be very narrow. Like you can only do one thing. It has to be what I want you to do, maybe when or um, how I want you to do it. But when it's operating from love, the possibilities are so limitless. You could do a lot of things in your own way. And there's really no right answer. You might do the thing that I want you to do in your own way, maybe even in some ways in your own time. But because I see you and I care about you, I can see where it's coming from. I see the heart that's behind it. And I'm really okay with that. So there's a whole lot more freedom and openness and flexibility that's coming with that. And because I see that it's voluntary, you're taking the initiative to do that. 
And I mean, that's ultimately what I want. And I see you taking the initiative and I feel respected. I feel cared about. And I can more freely give you that feedback. And so it's like this um, reciprocal relationship that I'm giving to you and you're giving to me voluntarily and it's mutually beneficial. Right. And love is inspirational um, in the sense that as you are connected to yourself and confidently being who you are, because really you're loving yourself, you act out of that and that is inspirational to people and it's contagious. People join it. I give you the example of the movie Braveheart from a very long time ago with Mel Gibson. It's about basically how the, the Scottish people gain their independence from England, but they're being essentially governed in fear. And what ends up happening, I hate using uh, like the R word on, on podcast, but it just is what it is. Mel Gibson's character, who I'm blanking on his name in the movie, anyway, his new wife gets basically raped by the British soldiers that comes in. And to be honest, this is not like a, a new thing, but in this case, because Mel Gibson loved his wife, not that other people didn't, but he also loved himself and was going to willing to die for her. They honestly just did that to the wrong woman because out of his love for her and his significant like doneness with the entire situation, that was contagious. He did not fear base, make people follow him. He didn't go around and do that. And to be honest, like I share this with men a lot. Because a lot of times how love comes across in our culture is weak. It's this weakness, like boundaryless, like let them do whatever they want. You got to be loving to your children. They get to do whatever they want. You know, and that's, of course, definitely not true. And I'd point him to Mel Gibson and go, do you really think that he's very weak in that? Because <laughs> he is not weak at all. Yeah, I think just kind of along with that, if I can interject really quickly, I think with a lot of men also on the subject. A lot of men see, you know, when you talk about love in this sense, it's not just boundaryless. It's it's weak from the standpoint of being so like sappy and, you know, you talk about like, oh, let's watch a love show or a, a romance, you know, a rom-com movie kind of a thing. It's kind of like, oh, great. You know, it's going to be sappy and emotional and you're going to need a box of Kleenex and all that kind of thing. And for some guys, that's perfectly fine. You know, we like that kind of thing and we enjoy being touched emotionally. But for a lot of guys, love conjures up those ideas of a lot of emotionality, sentimentality, and they're just simply not like that. And that's okay because that example of Mel Gibson, that scene is not a super sappy emotional one. It's a very powerful one. He's inspirational. He's like riding out to battle, you know, on his horse. I don't want my freedom, um, <laughs> that he says. And you know, it's just this very powerful, you can say manly kind of a thing. Love can be that also. It can be, you know, the sappy, emotional, sentimental thing. It can be a lot of things. That's the cool thing about love is it can look like a lot of things. It doesn't have to be pigeonholed into one specific behavior. Yeah, there's an idea of strength there. And that strength comes from the confidence of being who you are, which in kind is also people want to be around it. They, they just want to be around it. You talked about freedom in the last episode that we all want to be free. When you give people the freedom to be themselves, then it's a great space to be in because you can be you, I can be me, and we don't step on each other's toes except, I mean, it's going to happen by accident, but we're going to know that. And you have the freedom to tell me and I have the freedom to hear and to respond. And that's the cool mutual relationship that we have when we, there is respect that's operating out of love. I respect you enough to let you be you and 
you respect me to tell me when something's bothering you. I brought up last time the idea of the yes people, the folks that just want, they agree with everything. That's pretty personal in my life. I had a person that in the church that I was going to, everything that I ever asked, um, he would like, he's going to say yes or somehow it's going to work out. What ended up happening actually is that that, that bit him essentially in the hind end because ultimately he kind of, he went through a really rough time where he totally exhausted himself and completely and totally burned out because he couldn't do all the stuff he was agreeing to do. Now, and getting back to kind of my own experience, though, in this other church body that I was a part of, person in a very similar position was confident and saying, no, we're not going to do that. And it made me at first ask more questions. But the other thing that it did, because, you know, like, I think they were afraid of that. That's kind of why I said that. Because at first, you know, you're like, oh, man, if I do that, then they're just going to keep coming back. But actually what it did is it, it was clarifying because it was like, oh, okay, so that's not even going to be a thing. So it kind of X's out this whole other idea. And then when, when you're sharing something else that you think is cool and they're like, oh, yeah, we should totally do, we should totally do that and X, Y, Z and blah, blah. You're like, oh, yeah, he really likes that. Like it, it, you can feel it. There's a, there's a, because you know. And so in, in the way that we, we had challenged you last time and kind of ramifications when you have a love-based respect is that inspiration to be around is like you, you confidently know where you stand and you, felt, you feel listened to and you feel heard and you feel desired. Because, I mean, think of it as a kiddo if you're growing up and feel that. Your parent is honestly interested in what you want to do. And so for some of you out there, that, that's completely foreign. Your parents really didn't come across like they cared about what you actually wanted to do at all. And so I would say when it comes to love, actually, just to take a pause here in relationship to that, especially for you, for you folks that are working outside of the home a lot, and I know that you love your kids and you're like, you're going to go ahead and do this next time. You're going to do this next time. You're going to do this next time. And that's kind of how you operate. And you look back and go, man, it's been weeks. Take a moment and, and today and be with them and interested in what they're doing. And the way that you be interested is you notice out loud what it is that they're doing. You comment on it. Oh, you just grabbed that over there. That must've been really cool. You know, like, I noticed that you said X, Y, Z about this. Um, what did you feel about that? Just asking, you ask questions like that. Um, you think, or even if they're canned, meaning you're asking because I told you to say it that way, you will be shocked what you get back. Yeah, even right there, you can notice the difference with a respect that's coming from love versus out of fear. When it's coming from fear, you might be asking questions about the other person, about what they're doing or why they did it, but it's going to sound like this. Why didn't you do this? When are you going to do that? Okay, so um, what were you thinking when you did this? It has this like harshness of like, explain yourself, defend yourself, give me your reasons and I will judge you. Versus what you're describing, Nathan, with the kiddo and you're just genuinely wanting to know them and be with them. You're just curious. It's coming from a, a place of curiosity and a desire to just know who they are. There's really no agenda or no outcome. You're not looking for a specific answer. You're just open to whatever is going to be. And so you might say things like, what were you thinking when you, when you did that? Or, oh, oh, that's interesting you did that. Why did you make that choice? You just want to know because knowing that is like knowing the person. 
or, oh, wow, you decided to do this. Um, what was so important to you about that choice? Because it's telling you something about their interests or their desires or their habits, their tendencies, their dreams, their fears, whatever that is. And you're, you just want to know and understand that so that you can know them and connect with them. Yeah, there's a trick that I, I will teach my, uh, my people, clients or whatever. And that is this idea of using Socratic questioning. So Socrates kind of spoke to the fact that like when people hear why, when they hear the, the question why, they're also being asked to justify their, whatever it is next. So why did you do that? Now you're being asked to justify why you did that. You know, oftentimes, especially in parenting, you're not really trying to get your kid to justify anything. What you're trying to do is understand what just happened. And so it's actually easier to understand that, to speak to, to use questions that speak to the process, because you're trying to understand the process of your kiddo. And this also, this is across the board. I'm right now focused on kids, but the reality is it's across the board. And this would apply certainly to like boss, employee or manager, uh, you know, whatever employee kind of relationships as well. Right. One of the things that Aaron just did a moment ago is he, he did integrate the question why. I'm not anti-why, that, that question, but if you notice the difference in what he, what he had said, was, it was a huge difference in tone. There was a huge difference in tone. You know, while you're trying to learn maybe what I'm going to ask you to do, which I'm going to ask you to just omit why. Just don't say it. Don't use it. <laughs> I, I say that, you might think, yeah, no problem. Um, as soon as you go to do this, it's, you're going to find out this is very difficult. Yeah, my first question is like, why would I want to do... Ah, shoot, I failed already. <laughs> yeah. Go um, back and listen to the episode on shame. <laughs> yeah. Or just watch me do it to Aaron right now. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no. So what you do is you replace the word why, the question why, with how and what and when. So how did you decide to do that instead of why did you do that? What was it that was important to you about that? I have practiced this for years. I don't know how I'm sounding, if this sounds easy or not. I'm obviously just making stuff up too when it comes to that. But I'll challenge actually my therapists to use that as well. And it's hard. It's just really hard. But you can do that inside of any relationship. Because what happens is, is that you actually get answers. You know, if you ask, how did you decide to do that? They're going to say, well, what I was thinking was, is if I did blah, 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 then probably this would work out if I just did this. And if I say, why did you do that? Because it was the right thing to do. And we're done. Like, and you're like, that's not really what I was getting at. So the idea of love and cultivating a love relationship is respecting both yourself and the other person by just slowing down, taking your agenda and getting rid of it because you're talking to another human being that has an entirely different way of looking at life, even if they are your child and you think you know them really well. You don't know what's going to happen next to that little person. And it's fun to be excited about what they are encountering. They're encountering these aspects of the world for the first time, and they might not make the same decisions that you did. And you get to see what happens when they make a different decision than you did. And you'll be like, wow, I didn't even know that I would do that. You know, like, I didn't even know that that could happen like that. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think as you're talking about that, I love that. It's a personally a challenge for me because I really do want to understand the why. I ask that a lot. And I'm going to be very challenged, honestly, if I'm, if I'm just being honest here and vulnerable. I'm going to take you up on this challenge to ask the how and the what went into that versions as opposed to the why. 
And as I'm applying this, I'm really thinking, you know, we're talking about this parenting relationships, but I also mentioned it can work in the work setting. In general, I think it's these positions of authority. I think if you can remove the why from the positions of authority, if you're in authority over somebody, the why is much more threatening. If you're going to be in a peer relationship, if I was just talking with you, Nathan, I think the why makes a lot of sense because I don't have certain power over you. There's no power differential between us. We're peers. And so I can say why, and you're just taking it at its face value. Or if we're friends, that can be the case. I think it can be a little bit challenging depending on your relationship with your partner. If you have a lot of conflict or if it's a moment of conflict, that if you pull out the why, that can seem very threatening. So that might be a, a good time to use the what went into that process or what made you to decide to do this or how did you come to that conclusion? Those kinds of questions can actually probably prevent or reduce the conflict. But in general, I think those two dynamics um, would lend themselves to do two different variations of those questions. Yeah, I was thinking about um, actually some situation with our oldest daughter like a, a while ago. I'm not going to be very specific about it. Um, and I hope that I can still use it even without some of the specifics because it, it was, you know, I don't want to hurt her heart about anything. She's listened to this five years now going, what the? But basically what happened was something that she did that quite frankly was really shocking to me as a parent. I could not believe that it happened. <laughs> On the one hand, I'm like, well, I guess I can believe it because, you know, teenager. On the other hand, I was like, but she doesn't seem like that type of person. And when we challenged her about it, looking back on honestly, I just didn't ask her anything about why. And I was asking, you know, how this, and she was crying, but she was being very truthful. And what I realized is she was being who she was. And from her perspective, she did nothing wrong. And she broke that down about how, how she didn't. And I realized, man, you really didn't. From what you knew, this was inside of that set um, of, of the skill set that you had and what was going on at the time. And that completely changed the way that I interacted with her because I, I was super proud of her, actually, because she didn't back down. She told me what she thought um, and what she thought was happening and what her process was. And it wasn't wrong, actually. It was just like, wow, like, you know, there are some holes in that that's going to that's gonna be dangerous, though. And as we talked about it, she could see that and she interacted with it. It's a situation I was just super proud of her at. And I thought, you know, this is a good example because what we're talking about as far as governing through love and like being connected through love rather than fear she was able to also integrate that and she was in the compliance of, of doing it differently next time was very easy because she also saw how it didn't work. And so just a cool experience I wanted to share. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. Especially what you said in the end, she saw from her own experience with her own mind, with her own eyes, you know, with her own will that, oh, I don't want to do this because it didn't work for me. Not because you got mad at me or I didn't get the response that I wanted from you. So as we're talking about just ending the episode here with cultivating and protecting these kinds of relationships, I think that was a, a great story that represents that. Because one of the things that it sounds like you did in that story with your daughter was you let go of judgments or expectations. You let go of being right or any ideas of kind of what needs to happen. And you just were open to what is okay, what is she telling me? And I'm going to listen. Maybe I think she did the wrong thing, but as I'm really listening, I'm realizing, oh no, 
I see who she is and I see what she's really telling me. And I realize, no, she did the best that she could. And I let myself be filled with love and let go of whatever frustration I had before to really genuinely see her and let her fill my space with who she is. That's really cool. I think that's one way that you can certainly protect these kinds of relationships is to let go of some of those, you know, preconceived notions or judgments you have. And that honestly takes a lot of introspection or it takes a lot of honesty with yourself about what you're thinking and feeling and being willing to set those things aside. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about that very thing in our next podcast episode. So stay tuned and we'll break that aspect down. Nathan, any other things that you can suggest for cultivating or protecting love uh, in terms of respect in relationships? I think the thing is, is you just need to really know what it is that you really become aware of what you need yourself. Because if you don't know, you'll end up accidentally projecting that on somebody else, like a, like a literal movie projector where it's happening to them. And if you kind of don't, if you don't take the time to actually figure that out, you're going to be doing it automatically. I guess this whole thing is, we're trusting that you do love the people that are around you. And we're also, we're just trying to point out to you that you might be afraid that they don't love you. And that's just not true. So it's about share what your desires are, share what your thoughts are. Realize that they have a point of view that they probably do want to share. And if you have an agenda, they will follow that agenda in fear. They'll do it. Um, so if you, can, if you can back off, be open, and just kind of be the love in that way that we were talking about as far as the qualities of it, then it will be helpful and stuff will be different. And I guess that's what I would say. Yeah, when you talk about knowing what you need, I think you can have a couple of levels of that. Just really briefly here, you can have like a, a fundamental deep core need in general that you like always need like to be heard or to be cared about, um, that sort of thing. And then you can have a, a situational need, like, well, right now I really need you to just do what I'm telling you because, you know, it's a dangerous situation or whatever. I think in each particular uh, situation, you need to know what is, in general, knowing yourself is knowing what your needs are and like your core needs. And then also on the more specific, knowing situation to situation, which can change and shift and adjust. What is your need now? And then later on in the day, okay, now what's your need? So understanding that stuff, I think, can help you to be a more self-aware person. And then also that's going to help you to look for and to care about and protect the needs of those people around you. If I'm aware of my needs, then I'm thinking also, well, hey, what do you need? And then I'm open to that. You know, one easy way to think about it, honestly, is that you need to take yourself as seriously as you are wanting other people to take you. You have to look and be honest with yourself of what's going on inside your own heart. And also, you don't get permission to come down and denigrate yourself either and be fear-based with a fear-based whip to yourself. You're going to have to love yourself and just realize you're in part of a process. So with that, we thank you for listening. And I sincerely hope this is helpful to you and that uh, I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at 
www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.